0: Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP. Always designing for people.
1: In the fun, genre-mashing action comedy Polite Society, Rhea is a teen who freaks out when her beloved older sister, Lena suddenly gets engaged to a wealthy doctor. Rhea's determined to sabotage the wedding and enlists her best friends to help her. The movie is the feature debut of Nita Manzor, who created the acclaimed series We Are Lady Parts. And like that show, it's a sharp yet loving exploration of sisterhood, though with a bit more fighting and stunts. I'm Ayesha Harris, and today we're talking about Polite Society on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Joining me today is NPR producer Mallory Yu. Welcome back, Mallory. Hey, Ayesha. Also with us is New York Times food reporter and author of the best-selling cookbook, Indianish, Priya Krishna. Hey, Priya. Welcome back to you, too. Hi. Thank you so much. And rounding out our panel is Vulture TV critic Roxana Hadadi. Welcome back to you, too, Roxana. It's great to have you all here.
2: <laughs> thank you.
1: I'm very excited to talk about this with you' all. This was uh, one of my favorite things at Sundance this year earlier this year, so I'm very excited. Uh, so Polite Society stars Priya Kansara as Ria Khan, a spunky teen who aspires to be a movie stunt woman. She's very close with her supportive older sister, Lena, played by Ritu Arya. But Lena is kind of at a crossroads in life. She's dropped out of art school and still lives at home. Priya is outraged when Lena begins dating and then quickly becomes engaged to a wealthy young doctor named Salim. He's played by Akshay Khanna. Polite Society was written and directed by Nita Mandore and is in theaters now. Priya, let's start with you. What are your initial thoughts on Polite Society? I could not
3: love this movie more, honestly. I feel like I've been waiting for this movie my entire life. I sort of love the idea of taking these very Desi archetypes, the annoying auntie, Mm -hmm. arranged marriages, weddings, complicated family dynamics. And this movie sort of takes them and extends them to their logical extreme. I absolutely love the way that it does it sort of in this kind of magical realist way where you don't know what is actually happening in reality and what isn't happening and like i like cannot say enough about how much nimra bucha just like absolutely kills it mm-hmm. as rahila she is evil auntie embodied i also loved her in miss marvel she was amazing i feel like she plays this sort of sinister character so well I just found the themes in this just, like, deeply relatable. I have an older sister. My older sister is the person who does not take risks. I am the risk taker. That dynamic I just found so real, so, like, thoughtfully acted out. I mean, like, I love action-adventure movies, and I love movies that, like, look at complex family dynamics. So when I say it was kind of a movie that was made for me, I I mean it. <laughs> and the action scenes were amazing. Just, yes. like, absolutely amazing The Kathak dance sequence that mixes martial arts. I hope that becomes a TikTok dance. It's (laughs) so good. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. I I also love the point you made about the sibling dynamic because it is interesting. I feel like I often think about the older sibling usually being the one who's the risk taker in part because they're like the first and they're kind of the guinea pig usually. But it is cool to see this sort of reverse where the younger sister is like, come on, be my inspiration in a way. Like I have all this, you know, gumption and, and spunk and my older sibling is just kind of like not living up to her full potential, so. And
3: that is totally the dynamic in my family. Um, In fact, my parents (laughs) saw it last night and they texted me being like, you
1: must see this movie.
3: It's like our family.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Roxana. how about you? What are your thoughts?
2: I also really enjoyed this one. There are a couple parts of it that don't entirely hang together for me toward the end, Mm. but I really enjoyed the hyper real tone Edgar Wright's best movie, I still think, is Scott Pilgrim, and Uh, this movie had so much of that energy of, yes, we're in reality, and people are going to art school, people are discussing the validity of arranged marriages, but we're also going to have this like drag out sisterly fight sequence mm. in the middle of the film where they destroy their bedroom
1: <laughs> with a flat iron involving a flat iron uh, yeah <laughs> so good yeah
2: and their parents roll their eyes at their antics like i i love that sort of balance of tone and mm. we are lady parts netta manzor's previous comedy short that became a series which you can watch on peacock also did that really well and nana has talked about how like the sibling dynamic of this film inspired by her relationship with her own older sister who was the risk taker who was the rebel and i think potential is such an interesting word to use here because i'm iranian american our cultures are not i'm not going to say they're the same because i sort of dislike that flattening overall of various people's ethnicities but there are commonalities in that sense of like live up to your potential And that's usually something that comes from your parents. So it's interesting to see this film twist that and say, well, when you're siblings and you love each other, like, what do you want for each other? What's the best thing? Yeah. If someone else, like, gives up on their dreams, what does that mean about the validity of yours? Mm -hmm. So I liked that we're having these, like, very nuanced sort of conversations while we're also doing these crazy fight sequences that involve flat irons and picture frames and wedding dresses.
4: (laughs) Busting through walls. Yeah, I think it's a fun time. Yes,
2: yes. Awesome. Mallory,
4: tell us, how do you feel? Like everyone else, I loved this movie. I had so much fun. I was just like a giddy teenager while I was watching it again. Priya Kansara, who plays Rhea, just has The most expressive, moldable face. Like, even when she was in the background and other characters were interacting, I couldn't stop looking at the expressions that she was pulling, like her little frowns. Everything about the way that she embodied Rhea was so fun and charming. And I want her to be in everything now. (laughs) I loved. Like, every martial arts sequence, and I especially loved how they were, like, delineated by, like, Khan versus X. For me, I think the reason why I loved this movie so much is that it felt very much like a spiritual successor to Bend It Like Beckham, which was, like, Mm. my girl power teen movie. I was playing soccer at the time, so we, like, imitated all the Bend It Like Beckham characters, (laughs) But Polite Society is able to run where Bendit Like Beckham was only walking. Like, there's no white protagonist in this movie. There's a white character, but she's kind of a side character. All the main characters are brown. Rhea doesn't have a love interest, which I also really appreciated. Yeah. She goes to martial arts classes, and she has that support from her parents. And she's told she can't be a stunt woman, like, because she's too small or scrawny. And it's not because she's a girl. It was really deliberately sidestepping the trope of like the overbearing domineering immigrant parent and that kind of mm. relationship and dynamic, while also kind of giving us that like mirror image of what that could look like. I could see this movie becoming some adolescent girl's whole personality, and that makes me really happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love I love the point you made about Bend It Like Beckham, because I also thought of that as well. But also just like you said, the parents aren't trying to keep Rhea from doing what she wants to do. In fact, the parents especially Fatima, her mom, is really quirky and funny mm-hmm. and weird. Shobu Kapoor's delivery is just kind of spot on. I love it. It's so good. It was great to see like a mom who is kind of hip with it. Like she's not <laughs> she's not kind of a stuffy parent who she actually is invested in her daughters and she cares about their happiness. I also like that this film kind of challenges Ria's assertion of her feminist stance uh, because she's very much like rah rah rail against the patriarchy. That is largely what is driving her desire to keep Lena from getting married. Is she's like you're not marrying for love, and you you're also like not concerned about your career anymore. Like what are you doing? You know, she is that kid who the first time they read any sort of like feminist piece of work, then it becomes like Mallory said, their whole. Per- personality. It's like and the fact that the movie challenges that, it but doesn't put it down. Like she's not going to be discouraged from being a feminist because it is a very feminist movie, however you want to define that. But it's also saying, you know, sometimes you need to dial it back or you need to like there's more nuance here than just, you know, men are trying to ruin your dreams. Like it's not that cut and dry. And Ria is such a perfect sort of encapsulation of that feeling and um, the way that kind of brushes up against uh, her sister is just really fascinating to see. And I don't know if I've seen something like that in a film before. So I really love that. And I also love that it's, it's a silly movie. Like, there's a scene where, like, her worst nightmare, Rhea's worst nightmare, is getting waxed. And she's like... <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> a, perfect forced... oh my god, a perfect scene. Literally god, perfect so Brilliant. <laughs> so perfect. Where Rahila, the mother-in-law, she's like, we're going to have a spa day and you're going to get waxed. And then, like, meanwhile, is giving this, like,
2: <laughs> villain speech <laughs> while she's sitting there. Like a James Bond torture sequence Yes, set to waxing.
1: Yes. Yeah, so yeah. like, I just I just really love that. I think it's just so fun. So I still, I'm going to admit this, I still haven't seen We Are Lady Parts. Mm. And I know I need to, <laughs> believe me, it is on my list. But, you know, in what ways do you find that it's kind of speaking to that same sens- sensibility that Menzor is showing in that show? Like, what ways does this kind of show up in uh, in polite society for you?
2: Well, I mean, We Are Lady Parts is about a all Muslim girl punk group. There is a little bit of that conservative parents, conservative community thing that polite society does away with a little bit. But ultimately, what that series is trying to figure out is, again, that question of potential and like, how do your dreams align with maybe what others want from you? How do you figure out what you actually want? I mean, Rhea is incredibly angry that Lena has dropped out of art school. But Lena herself says at some point, I don't know if I want to be an artist. I don't know if I'm Mm -hmm. good enough. I love that we're sort of asking these questions because I think – maybe all of us have heard, you know, like, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. (laughs) Oh, I've definitely Mm -hmm. heard that. (laughs) You know, like that overlap between like your dreams and your passions and art and humanities, creatives and all that stuff. Like, there is a sense that might not be tenable. You know, coming from an immigrant family, I lived that sense, you know, and having to advocate for what you love and what you care about with the question of financial insecurity. So I think both the projects sort of have that grounding And also put through, yes, like the first-gen immigrant lens of how do you balance individuality and community.
3: I loved We Are Lady parts. I thought it was so fun. I loved seeing they see characters get to have just that range and complexity that you don't often see. I will say I liked Polite Society so much better. It almost feels like... Oh, wow. It felt like an evolution of the show to me that was more bold, more risk-taking, just like a little bit more delicious. It felt a little bit like the director felt like she could kind of go no holds bar with this. She proved herself with that show and she got to maybe take more risks with this movie. But I just, I love both, but I liked this significantly
2: better. Hmm. I think what I will always advocate for with TV is just that you spend more time with the characters. Yeah. Yeah. And I also... I really admire what that series does in terms of looking at different ways that someone can consider themselves Muslim. And especially as a Muslim woman in an immigrant community, how do you filter your faith through that? So as the TV critic, I have to choose the TV project, (laughs) but you could absolutely watch all of We Are Lady parts on like a Saturday and go see Polite Society on a Sunday and that would be a dream weekend. Yeah. Mallory, I know you mentioned earlier, we've talked a little bit about Bendit Like Beckham,
1: but Bendit Like Beckham was. Tw- 20-plus years ago at this point,
2: which is... Literally 20. It's the 20th anniversary this year. Oh, wow. It's interesting to me to think
1: about how long it's been and where we have this sort of filmmaker who's able to not just work in like one genre, but is able to work within multiple modes and, and genres. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, what you think about how she handles the tone of these things. I know we're not going to talk get into two specifics about the ending, but there is sort of a reveal that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the last third of the film. I would love to get a little bit more of a sense of how that played for you in terms of tone and just, you know, overall resolution of the conflict at the center of this film.
3: I was kind of shocked at how easy the transitions felt between these, like, hyper-intense fight sequences and, like, sisters talking about sister things and, like, mom scolding daughter, you know... I sort of felt like it was going to be more jarring, but it never felt jarring. It always felt like a real skill of filmmaking to be able to, like, make these action sequences just, like, weave in and out of the movie in between these really, like, tender everyday moments. I just thought the genre-bending was done so well.
4: I agree. and I, I think part of it is that Nita Mansoor just loves all of these genres. Like, you can tell that her love for... Like Jackie Chan movies is built into her personality and that she has a real affection for her characters. So putting them into this outrageous situation, the reason why for me it worked so well is because every reaction that Rhea has, I understood as a girl, as an like first gen immigrant kid i i got her like rage and her frustration the reveal at the end i really enjoyed because i love an absurd reveal it propelled the movie forward in a way because by that point in the movie i was starting to get a little like can this film sustain itself like this for much longer. Mm. I don't think it would have worked nearly as well without Nimrabucha mm-hmm. just smirking imperiously <laughs> through the whole thing. Yeah. The way they set her up as a villain initially is that she's this like imperious queen bee. She has money, she's got a handsome son, she's admired by the women in her community. The way that her character motivation is revealed was really satisfying to me because I have seen and read and heard a lot of stories about parental expectations for their progeny Mm. and what that means for them. I thought that was a really smart way to kind of talk about this dynamic that we see played out in
2: maybe less absurd ways. I also love an absurd reveal (laughs) (laughs) But I think the film then just sort of ends. Mm. There was a little bit more that I would have liked Mm -hmm. to sort Mm -hmm. of dive into the ramifications of what that reveal is. It sort of felt like the film goes on this genre tangent and then remembers that it's a story about the sisters and then sort of like pivots to get back to that place I almost wanted five to seven more minutes to flesh that out a little (laughs) bit more. But at the same time, I mean, the chemistry between these two actresses is so special. They so clearly really enjoy each other. I was able to interview them both. And the affection is really genuine. And it's just really heartfelt. So Mm -hmm. I also think the clarity of that relationship for me sort of excused A little bit of the missteps I thought in the third act.
3: I will say, as a counterpoint to that, I thought the third act, the last like 25 minutes of the movie, or you are just like running towards the end. And then the movie sort Mm -hmm. of ends and you – I also was like, I want to know more. I have more questions. But maybe it was an intentional choice on the director's part to sort of leave us with these unanswered questions and to sort of not neatly tie up all of these threads. But, like, I really loved the last act of the movie. Like, the absurd reveal leading into, like, (laughs) everything that happens after that for me was just so much fun.
1: Yeah. There's just a throwing everything at the wall – sort of aspect yes. to it that I really admire and you often get with, you know, a, a director's first-time film. Mm-hmm. I think even if it might be a little bit abrupt, the ending, I, just, I do still think that reveal and then everything else that comes after it just feels um, really delicious.
3: Yeah. I also just think that, like, and Roxanne, I'm curious if you feel this way, but, like, sometimes as, like, a Desi person existing in a Desi community, you sort of... <laughs> there are certain people who you wonder... About, like, is this person (laughs) running an evil empire? Like, why is this auntie (laughs) like this? Why is she so overbearing? Why is she so nosy? What is really happening here? And for the movie to, like, actually be like, what if something actually was going on? And to, like, play out that insane scenario, I found just, like... So thoroughly entertaining and it felt like it was sort of indulging some of my like (laughs) deepest, darkest thoughts.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, the film is definitely operating on two modes, right? It's the surface level of... This mansion is so beautiful. Their outfits are so precise. This mother-son relationship is so loving and so kind. And what's underneath all that? So, yeah, I totally agree with you that it sort of indulges our uh, (laughs) most paranoid conspiracy theories about our Mm -hmm. own communities. And what are they really hiding?
1: Well, there you have it. Polite society indulging our paranoia in the best way possible. (laughs) Tell us what you think about Polite Society. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pchh. And up next, we're going to be talking about what's making us happy this week.
5: Support for NPR and the following message come from our sponsor, Whole Foods Market. Planning a party or honoring a recent grad? Whatever the celebration, Whole Foods Market can make things easy, starting with some delicious marinated steaks, always antibiotic and hormone-free. Simple and easy eats are ready in the prepared foods department. And for dessert, how about a luscious berry chantilly cake? Not in the mood to cook? Their catering menu offers festive options ready to order online at shop.wfm.com. Start every celebration at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from NPR sponsor Homes.com. You don't just live in your home. You live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, local amenities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Made in Cookware. Did you know that many popular dishes in Tom Calicchio's craft restaurant are made in Made in Cookware? Maiden supplies chefs with high-end cookware because Maiden makes exactly what demanding chefs look for. When you level up your cooking, remember what great dishes on menus worldwide have in common. They're Maiden Maiden. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from the 18th until the 27th. Visit MaidenCookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N Cookware.com. Do you
2: wish stories could unfold over three hours rather than three minutes? You tired of doom scrolling, trying to find humanity, or maybe a deeper understanding of why the world is the way it is? Listen to Embedded, NPR's original documentary series. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for our
1: favorite segment of this week and every week, What's Making Us Happy? Priya! Let us know. What is making you happy this week?
3: So this isn't like the most sexy thing to make you happy this week. But (laughs) as a New Yorker, I feel like there are a lot of things that I'm just uninformed about. And one of those things is like brokers and broker fees. And I recently (laughs) listened to an episode of the Hellgate podcast. And they basically interviewed a broker. And you learn about the history of broker fees, why they exist. Should they exist? Should they not exist? I feel like if you rent an apartment in New York, it's probably worth a listen. I feel like I don't do a good enough job educating myself on tenant rights and why things are the way they are, and the broker is really funny. She like is sort of like someone I could see myself like meeting at a party, not, you know, not the <laughs> usual brokers I've I've dealt with. So yeah, the Brokers episode of of the Hellgate podcast.
1: All right. I don't live in New York anymore, so I haven't had to deal with brokers for a while, but Man, I'm not sure if they should exist.
3: <laughs> not gonna even lie. The, the broker is not sure brokers should exist. Well, then I so. like her. She,
1: she, she, it sounds like we could be friends. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, Roxana, <laughs> what is making you happy this week?
2: I hope that I am not stepping on Mallory's toes because what I was going to talk about is bend it like back. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. No, no, go for it. Please. I rewatched it's on Disney Plus, and it just made me so happy. It really took me back to. Being a teenager and wondering, like, what I ever get to do, what I want to do. The movie just still works so well. The pacing is so good. The humor is so specific. Mm-hmm. You know what? I am not ashamed to say that Jonathan Rees Myers in this movie is an incredibly beautiful man. <laughs> and I will take a white love interest <laughs> if he looks like that. And I would also encourage people to watch the rest of Gurinder Chada's filmography. Yeah. Like, we don't talk enough about her work. Or also Mira Nair's work and how important mm-hmm. they were in breaking boundaries for female directors, female directors of color. Blinded by the Light is another film that Corinda Chatter made. It came out about three years ago. So good. And it was sort of like the male version of Bandit Like Beckham. So good, totally disappeared, made very little impact, and it bummed me out because again, it was hitting that pleasure center part of my brain. Bend It Like Beckham specifically and Garinda Charger's filmography at large has been making me happy this week.
1: Well, thank you so much, Roxana. That's Bend It Like Beckham and it's streaming on Disney+. Plus. Mallory, let us know what is making you happy. So what's making me happy this week is
4: Criterion Collections starring Michelle Yeoh yes. collection. Nice. I
5: think it's nice. pretty
4: obvious why it's bringing me joy um, because obviously it's Michelle Yeoh kicking ass. I have recently watched the really goofy movie Uh, Yes, Madam, which she has this like (laughs) short 80s power lady haircut. And she plays a good cop who is paired up with a bad lady cop from Scotland Yard. And the two of them just kick so much butt across Hong Kong. It's really goofy. And then the heroic trio, which also features Maggie Chung and Anita Mui. Um, The three leads have to get together to fight an evil eunuch who lives underneath the city. And I should warn people listening that it can get pretty dark, but it's also just a genuine joy to watch Michelle Yeoh square up against and with Maggie Chung and Anita Mui, these like icons of Hong Kong Movies. I'd also be remiss not to mention Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is, of course, a jewel. So that's the Criterion Collection's Starring Michelle Yeoh playlist. Um, It features movies like Yes, Madam, The Heroic Trio, and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon.
1: I'm so glad you recommended that. I've been making my way through that as well. And Yes, Madam, Yes. So thank you so much for that recommendation. Well, speaking of dark, I've been rewatching Review, the great TV series (laughs) that aired on Comedy. Central. It was based off an Australian TV series. And this version stars Andy Daly as Forrest McNeil, who's this like overly enthusiastic and pretty dim critic who sets out to review basically all aspects of life. And basically the setup is it's like a mockumentary style. He um, has a co-host named AJ Gibbs, who's played by the delightful Megan Stevenson, who's Manages to be both like bubbly and deadpan as she announces uh, Forrest's new prompts. And so viewers, and I put viewers in air quotes because these are obviously actors, but they, you know, ask him to try out things like, what is it like to get addicted to drugs or sleep with a celebrity or experience road rage? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he will not not do something no matter what it is as the show progresses you have to kind of watch it in order because there's threads that move along he gets divorced because one of the prompts is what is it like to get divorced and then like his ex-wife pops up from time to time and is really angry with him <laughs> and it is so funny and, it, and i think what i love is that it's a sort of very smart satire of the personalities internet personalities who will do stupid things for like's and clicks. And it's also just an interesting commentary on white masculinity in so many different ways. So I highly recommend if you haven't watched it, or if you need a rewatch, watch review. It is on Paramount Plus. I love it. It's so dark. That is what's making me happy this week. And if you want links for what we recommended, plus more recommendations, you should definitely sign up for our newsletter at npr.org slash pop newsletter. That brings us to the end of our show. Priya Krishna, Mallory Yu, Roxana Hadadi, thanks so much for being here. This was an absolute pleasure. So fun. Thank you. Oh, this was so fun. This episode was produced by Hafsa Fatima and edited by Mike Katziv. Our supervising producer is Jessica Reedy, and Hello, Come In provides our theme music. Thanks so much for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Aisha Harris, and we'll see you all next week.
0: This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Your business faces specific challenges and unique opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services custom-tailored to your short- and long-term goals. Backed by the expertise, strategy, and resources of a top 10 commercial bank, a dedicated team works with you to support your success and help achieve your goals. Explore the possibilities at capitalone.com/slash commercial.
5: Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit dot slash NPR and save an additional $200.
0: When the economic news gets to be a bit much.
5: Listen to The Indicator from Planet Money. We're here
3: for you, like your friends, trying to figure out all the most confusing parts. One story, one idea, every day, all in 10 minutes or less.
0: The Indicator from Planet Money, your friendly economic sidekick.
3: From NPR.